We're in this series called Invest. Invest. I mean, as the Bible says, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. And we're talking about investing. Pastor Brad started off with marriage, and I want to encourage you. We know the storm was coming in, and we did live stream. But if you did not listen or hear the message from Pastor Brad, number one, on marriage, investing in a marriage, one of the best messages I've heard on marriage in 37 years of ministry. You really need to go online. It's free. Listen to that. And then last week, he talked about family. And today, I want to talk to you on an area that's a little controversial to some, but it's not for those that understand Scripture. And how many loves the blessing and favor of God? Come on, is anybody in here? And uh, I want to talk to you today on what God speaks to us about in His Word, on investing in God's favor and blessing in our life. How many knows if you don't invest in it, there's no return in it? And I'm not here to on a get-rich-quick scheme, and don't worry, don't re- grab your wallet this morning. I want to talk to you about how to enter into God's favor and blessing in your life. Here's a survey. Well, let's go to our text right away first. And we're using this each service and each week. And we find it in Proverbs 24, verse 6, which is the book of wisdom in the Bible. And it says, for wise guidance, how many knows you need some people around you that knows more about something than you do? Come on, that's how we get better is I'm always trying to surround myself with people that's better at things than I am. I'm tech stupid. I have a smartphone that just makes me look dumber, okay? And, but I have people around me, these young guys, that know tech. And, and so you've got to have guidance. So wise guidance, you can wage your war. You can go to war if you have knowledge. And in abundance of counselors, people to speak into your world, speak truth into your life, be an ear to you in your time of trouble, there is victory. And so I want to bring both today, guidance and counseling today through the Word of God in this area of favor and blessing. A survey was done, and a 1,000 people were interviewed, and here's what they found out. 76% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 76% of all Americans live paycheck to paycheck. But here's what we also found out, that 53% of Christians have not given an offering or tithe in their church in the last month. And even worse than that, 3 to 5% give a tithe or more to their church on a regular basis. These two explain this one. And I want to talk to you today. I'm not after your money, so I, I can see, see how quiet has already gotten in here. But I'm going to help you today. And if you'll listen to me today, I'm going to help you because my father, I grew up poor. My father, we were at the very low end of what you would call middle class. or We were the upper end of poverty, one or the other. My dad worked 60, 70 hours a week to just pay bills and make ends meet. But, you know, our chi- we were so poor, our chickens leaned up against the barn. You know what I'm talking about? You're poor, you know what I mean? And we didn't have air conditioning growing up, and we lived in central south Florida. We had the jealous windows, and we learned our air conditioning was you get a towel, and you wet it, and you squeeze it out and put it in the refrigerator, and then you lay it on you at night with a fan blowing on you. That's called my air conditioning growing up, and that's the truth, all right? And so when I got married and got air conditioned, I thought, this is heaven, and so I'm saying I grew up in a family where we did not have wealth, but I had a father who understood Scripture. And my father taught me something growing up that I'm going to teach you today. And I have seen in my wife, we've talked about it recently, we have seen the favor and blessing of God on our life from day one that we got married 37 years ago. 
we have watched the favor and blessing of God. And I'm going to take you on our personal journey today at the end of this message. But my father told me this. He said, you may never be a wealthy man, a man of wealth. He said, but when you learn the principles of the tithe and the offering, he said, you will grow up rich. Because the favor of God is more valuable than wealth. Wealth comes and goes, but when God's favors on your life, supernatural blessings just come out of nowhere, and God always shows up. Now, let me say this. Favor and blessings are not exempt from trouble. How many's walked in obedience and still had to deal with some stuff? You know what I'm talking about? Like, okay, I gave, and I need to pay a bill. Blessings and favor are not exempt from trouble but when you give God the first, you've opened the door for him to bless the rest. And though trouble may still knock on your door, God will be the first one there to answer it when the door gets open. And so I want to take you on a journey today and talk to you, okay? I promise each one of you that if you will listen and receive the biblical truth, the knowledge and the instruction and the counsel that I'm going to give you today, you will see a door open in your life of supernatural divine blessing and favor in your life. Now, I especially pray our young people will hear this message today. I pulled some into a room after the second, after the first service, and I made sure they got what I was teaching today. And I said, because I want to see you growing up. I want the next generation to understand this. And so I really want you to hear what we say. Number one, get your notes out. And here it is. Number one, most Christians are controlled by their soul rather than their spirit when it comes to finances. Now, let me explain what I'm saying. You see, the key is this. If your soul, which is what? Our mind, our will, and our emotions, our thought life, if it has not been renewed at the time of conversion when we were saved, you will be saved but never enter into the abundant life that Jesus has prepared for you. That your spirit man can be saved, but if your soul, your mind, will, and emotion doesn't experience the same transformation that your spirit experienced, you're saved, but you're going to heaven broke and miserable. Because God made a covenant with Abraham and said, through your seed, I want you to bless the nations of the earth. How many knows we can't be a blessing if we're the one always in need? And God is saying, I want you to have excess, not just money. You need more joy than you need so you can bring joy to somebody else. You need peace more than you need so you can help someone get through their storm. If I'm going to feed the hungry, I need to know I'm feeding my family first and have extra. And so God made a covenant with Abraham and said through your seed, we're part of that seed that God wants to bless the nations of the earth through. So for that to happen, we need to learn what is the biblical pattern to enter into God's favor and his blessing. I want to share it with you today. 3 John 2 verse 3 said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. That word prosper means to reach your goals, your dreams. How many has got some dreams in here? He said, I want you to prosper in all things, every area of your life, and I want you to be in health, even as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in truth. He said, I want you to prosper even as your soul prospers. The word prosper again means to succeed in reaching your goals. The qualifying principle to finding favor and blessing of God in your life is the condition of our soul. 
our mind, our will, our emotions, our thoughts, how I feel. Because you see, at salvation, I was given a new spirit. But my mind did not instantly change like my spirit did. How many found out, even though you got saved, man, there was still a battle going on in your mind? That mind's trying to figure it out. Okay, I know God said this, but... Man, that mind, emotions come in and it takes over if we don't understand it. And all of a sudden we're saved, but our soul is controlling our life and we're not seeing the blessing and the favor that God wants to bring into our life. The book of Romans, we see in chapter 12, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, your soul. Your soulish man, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You see, if my soul is not transformed, renewed, prospering, I will continue in a pattern of thinking that I did before I even got saved. And that leads us to step number two. And that is this your previous way of thinking has produced your current way of living. Our previous way of thinking has produced our current way of living. You see, Christians are negative when it comes to money. They've bought into that lie. Have you heard that lie? All the church wants is your money. How many's heard that? And that's not true. God has brought a teaching that he wants to bring into our life that brings us into a, a, a walk of abundance and favor and blessing in our life. We probably take less time taking offerings in this church than probably any church in the nation. I mean, we're like, boom. And we probably need to spend more time talking on this topic than we do because God wants you to walk in favor and blessing. But we've got to come and understand that, that God today set a blueprint in place. And if you and I walk in it, we will experience the supernatural favor and blessing of God. The truth is this, that God did not start teaching on finances when he gave the law to Moses. Tithing and giving was established with the very first family in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve was there, God told Adam and Eve, you can have of everything in this garden except one tree. It belongs to me. It's mine. You can have 90% of everything, but that first fruit, that first, it's mine. You can't touch it. And it was when they touched what was not theirs that sin entered into the world. And we've got to come and realize today that the standard or pattern of giving was developed with the first family. God told Adam, you can have it all except this. And God has told us through scriptures, you can have it all but the first belongs to me. And it leads us to number three, and I'm going to hang here for the rest of the day. Tithing and giving offerings was always God's plan to prosper mankind. Tithing and offerings has always been God's financial plan of favor and blessing upon his people. I'm going to show you some things scripturally today. We're talking about investing. And I want to teach you how to invest in your financial future. You see, God knew that money was not our greatest need. You see, you don't need more money today. See how quiet it got on that? You don't need more money. I don't need more money today. I need more vision. Jesus did not say for the lack of money, people perish. He said people perish because they lack vision. 
Why does God need to give me more money if I don't even know what I'm going to do with it when I get it? And we've got to come and realize today that God has a plan and he's put it in place. And we see in Genesis chapter 4, the first family, and I want to take you on a story. And Adam knew Eve, he had relations with his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired of a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, he was a herdsman, but Cain was a tiller of the ground, he was a farmer. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. He's bringing God an offering like he was trained. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and, circle land on your notes, of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry at God for not accepting his offering. And his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at your door. I want us to look at this today. You see, Abel brought the firstborn. He brought the firstborn of his offering, his tithe, and he brought the fat, which was his offering. And God accepted that gift. Cain brought offering. He did not bring the first. He brought an offering of what he had left over, and God rejected it. And this destroys the second lie that's been taught to the church, that God will accept anything you bring him, because he won't. If it's not the first, God won't accept it. Now, the church will take it. We take everything. The church will take your offering without your tithe, but God won't accept it because that's not the standard that he asked for. And so we've got to come and realize today that God gave us a standard for giving and receiving. You see, we, we don't want to copy how Cain did it. We want to copy how Abel did it. And the Bible said that Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. And God asked Cain, Cain, why, why are you angry? Why the attitude, Cain? You knew what to do and you didn't do it. There's consequences to your decisions, Cain. If you would have done it right, you would have been blessed just like your brother but you didn't listen and you decided to do it your way instead of my way and I had to reject your offering, Cain. Cain, if you don't listen, and I want you to hear me today, church. Cain, if you don't listen and you don't obey my standard of giving, sin is waiting for you at the door and it's desirous for you, but you should rule over it. When we do not give an obedience to God's standard of giving, we have opened the door for sin to be waiting at that door to conquer us. And it conquered Cain to the point that he went out and murdered his brother Abel. And when we disobey God in bringing to God the first of the fruit that God blesses us with, the Bible's teaching us that sin is waiting. And that's why many in the church that are in that 95, 97% that aren't giving God what belongs to him, there's a constant struggle with sin. 
Constant struggle with an addiction. Constant struggle with a thought pattern of life. A constant struggle because sin is waiting at your door and its desire is to destroy you. Come on, listen to your pastor today. And God gives us a standard and I pray that you'll grab a hold of this today because you see, God wants the first of everything. How many knows he deserves it? That's why we come to church on Sunday, the first of the week. So we give God our first day. God asks for the first of our income. So we give God our tithe, our first fruit. God asks for the first of our talents. That's why many of you serve on a dream, dream team every Sunday. And you serve here giving God the first of your talents. God simply says, if you give me the first, and here's the pattern of God's blueprint of divine blessing and favor is this. God says, when you give me the first, you've now opened the door for me to bless the rest, and I'll do more with that 90 in your life, that 90% than you would have ever done with the 100%. Do I have any witnesses to that in this room today that, that have learned this secret and this principle that God says, when you give me the first, when you give me that tithe, when you give me that tenth, and you give me the fat, the offering, he says, I'll do supernatural things in your life that you can't figure out or explain. You get promotions, you get raises, you get increase, you get unexpected blessings. My wife and I, we try to sneak to the mailbox first because we want to get the mail first because we've had more unexpected blessings coming in that mailbox, and I can tell you about it. So I try to send her to the store when I think the mailman's coming. Amen. Walmart is calling. I can secretly stick that into the pastor's hunting fund. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. You see, here's the thing. Cain and Abel did not just wake up one day and go, I think I'll take God an offering. They were taught to. They were trained to. They were told what God expected from them, and that's why God asked Cain, why are you angry, Cain? You knew. You have no right, Cain, to be angry or upset. You heard the same teaching your brother heard, but you decide to do it your way instead of my way, and I can't accept your offering, and sin's now waiting for you at the door. You see, for God to accept one and reject the other, there had to be a known standard set in place. God had no right to reject the offering brought by Cain if Cain had not been instructed how to do it. And if God set a standard for Cain and Abel, the first family, there must be a standard in biblical pattern for us to follow today. And Satan does not want you to know that standard. He wants you to live in that week by week, not experiencing the divine favor and blessing of God. And so the question arises, what about Abel's offering was different than Cain's offering that made God accept one and reject the other? And here it is, number one in verse three, Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground only. He never brought a tithe, he brought just an offering, and I'll explain that. But Abel brought a firstborn, a tithe of his flock, and circle and, and the fat, he didn't just bring a tithe. He brought the fat, which was the offering. You see, Cain's offering had no significance in the giving. He, he, he didn't follow the instructions that was given by God. And he said, I, I know what God said. He, he wants the first fruit. He wants the first tenth. But I'm not ready to give that much. I, I'm not ready to do that. I, I'll give this, but I'm new, not doing that. And he thought that God would accept it. That's why he brought it. 
God said, I can't accept that. It's not what you were told to do. And so, you see, giving of money seems to be the only standard in Bible that we have a problem with, isn't it? It's like that's the only one people have an issue with. You know, God gave a standard on salvation. You follow this standard and you can be saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that he raised from the dead, you shall be saved. He gave us a standard to follow. How many is thankful for that standard? Amen? That you didn't have to earn it. You just obey it and receive it. And it's the same way about money that God put a standard in place and said, you obey it and you now have given me the first. I can bless the rest and I'm going to take you into an arena of supernatural favor and blessing being manifested in your life. And it works. I've got business people in this church. Some raised their hands when I was preaching this morning and I said this. We got business people that got saved in the last few years in this church. They never gave the church a dime, man. Everything they got was theirs. And, and some of them met in my office and said, okay, explain this giving thing to me. And I told them what I'm teaching you today. And they started tithing. And their businesses are blowing up. I mean, just booming. And, and, and they told me, they said, I've canceled all of my advertisements. I don't even advertise anymore. I can't keep up with the business that's coming in. And I've got other people that are asking me in my field of business, like, how are you, you doing this? And they go, I'm tithing. I'm giving God my first. And they're like, well, I ain't doing that. I ain't giving my money to the church. And they said, fine, we'll keep getting your customers in. Because It works. Anybody here witness that when you give God the first, he supernaturally blesses the rest? And it's an agreement that God has made with us. You see, I know, Pastor. I get it. I've heard it before. I know what God wants, but I'm not ready to do that now. Okay, Cain. Okay. But you'll get the same response from God that Cain got. You see, Cain, I brought some money. I don't mean you're kidding it. I just brought some. <laughs> I used to give it away, and then I got some people mad because I didn't pick them, so I quit doing that, all right? But Cain, he got $100. But see how Cain did it was Cain, he, he didn't go, okay, the first belongs to God. Cain went out here and said, let me figure out what I want to give to God. And he didn't even think tithe. He didn't think first. He just thought offering. And God said, I don't take offering without tithe first. When Abel got his $100, the first thing Abel did was he said, the first tenth belongs to God. That's God's. Now I pay all the rest of my bills out of this. Oh, but, but I still got fat that I give to God first. And he went over and took some more of what was his. Because, see, we've, we've got to come and realize that, that God wants to teach us something. You see, when Abel had a sheep, when, when his sheep had a lamb, the first thing he did was he took the first lamb that was born to that sheep and he set it aside and said, this goes to the temple and it gets sacrificed to God as an offering. He did that not knowing if that sheep was ever going to have another lamb or not. But he knew the first belonged to God. He did not wait until that sheep produced a second, third, and fourth lamb and said, okay, God, I got the first one. Now I've got two or three others. Everything's cool. I know I'm in good condition. He gave the first going, God, I don't know if this sheep will ever have another lamb or not, but I know you've got this now. 
I know I'm under contract with you. I know I'm under covenant with you. I know you're going to take care of me. I've given you what belonged to you, Father. The rest is up to you now. Supernatural things are going to happen in my life. That's called the blueprint of God's giving. And Cain, he didn't do that. Cain, he grew the harvest and he let it all get ripe and he knew that he had enough for him and all of his needs were met. And then he took out of it of the leftovers and he brought an offering to God without giving God the first. And you see, we've got to come and realize, let me, let me give you another example. Justin's going to help me. I, I need you to hold this for me. There's, there's my 10. Now you can't have it. I just need you to hold it. Okay. <laughs> He's going to hold that for me, and I might want it back. Matter of fact, I want it back right now. Can I have that back from you? Thank you, brother. All right. Now, my question is this. I had my hundred. I gave him the tenth. Did he just bless me? Did he give me anything? No, he just brought back what was mine. He didn't bless me. He didn't give me anything. It wasn't his. He, I gave to him, and he gave back to me what was already mine. And that's what tithing is. The tithe isn't mine. God said, that's mine. So when I bring my tithe, my first tenth of my income to God, and my wife and I tithe over anything comes in our family. If we sell an automobile and we make profit, tithing on it. We sell a house, make profit, tithing on it. We get a Christmas gift, tithing on it. We, we get an inheritance, thank you God one day, tithing on it. Because that first of anything that comes in my house, God gets the first. But that's why blessings continue to flow in our house. And you see, what happened was Abel returned to God what was God's first. Now, here's the difference. Able givers, those that are walking in the covenant, they've got the blueprint. When they get paid, we're using $100 to make it easy. Abel, first thing he did was he gave God what belonged to God. And then he said, I'm going to give an offering on top of that. So that's mine. You see, what he gave in his offering was the only gift that he gave God. The tithe wasn't anything he gave God because it wasn't his to give. That belonged to God. It was his offering. That's why my father taught me as a young boy, my first job, I was 13 and I was picking grapefruit. When I was 15, my dad was almost decapitated, almost had his head cut off in an accident and went nine months without work. And my brother and I roofed with a roofer down the street and we paid the bills in my house. And so we've grown up working hard. But my dad taught me as a young boy, you may never be wealthy, but you can be rich. And when you give God that 10th, and you always put that offering on top of it because that's telling God, this is from me now, not from you. This is mine going to you. My father said, you'll be rich the rest of your life. You'll never lack anything and you'll see supernatural favor and blessing come in your life in every way. And I've watched that. Now here's, here's cane givers. Cane givers, they get their money and then they go mortgage, car payment, kids sports, Cox Cable, $90 phone, and I got $2 left. God, I'm giving you the best I can give you. And God's saying, can't accept that. 
It's not my, that's not the first. I don't take offerings without the first first. And then we want to know why we're struggling week to week and we want to know why sin continues to ramp all around us. Are y'all with your pastor today? Just teaching you biblical truth. I want to take you on a quick journey. And I've got to quickly do it. Nine minutes, I'm done. My father I was talking about, he was almost decapitated in an accident. He was running a cardboard box company. And he climbed up in a machine and it kick-started and it grabbed him and it drug him and a blade come down and cut his ear off and went halfway through his neck. And they shut the company down in time to save my dad's life. But because he wouldn't lie on the report, my dad went nine months without income. Because of that, he got a brain tumor. That tumor began to grow and we didn't know. And then all of a sudden, my dad's 59 years old. He has to have massive brain surgery. The owner of the company my dad worked for for 27 years did not miss a day of work for 17 years. That owner, he sold the company. The owner looked at my dad and handed him a pink slip and said, don't come back. We don't need you anymore. And here was my dad, 59 years old, just had massive brain surgery. He didn't have a portfolio. He didn't know what a mutual fund or annuity was. He just worked hard. I'll never forget. I was in the Bronx, New York. My wife and I just got married, and we were in the Bronx, New York. My dad built my mom a little 1,300-square-foot brick house. He was so proud of that house. He thought it was a mansion. He was so proud to build my mom of that house. And I'll never forget the only, I think it was one of the first or only times I've ever heard my dad cry when it wasn't in an altar prayer was that day when he called me on the phone, and he said, son, he said, damn, mama's going to lose her house. So we're losing everything. So I can't get work. I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'll never forget. I, I brought this Bible today because it was the Bible that I held that day. I grabbed this Bible that I've preached thousands of sermons out of. And before I could think, I said, Dad, if you lose that house, I'll never preach out of this book again because it's a lie. It's a lie. There's no truth to it because I've watched you give. I've watched you give when you didn't have to give. I've watched you obey. I've watched you go to work when you had to be helped in the car. Your back was hurting so bad. I've watched you, Dad, live it. God's going to honor that word in your life. He didn't know it, but my dad brought homeless people into our home all the time. They got my bed. My brother was bigger than me, so he wouldn't give his up. So they always got mine. And I, I watched my dad bring in drug addicts, alcoholics, friends of ours from school that their parents kicked out because of drugs. They started living in my house and not knowing what the future was going to hold. And, and when my dad went through that, all of a sudden the word got out and Rocky, he's in Germany. He's a big shot in military now and making tons of money. And Denise, she's married to an air conditioned guy and he's making all kind of money. And, and all of a sudden these people that my father brought in our house to stay heard about their condition and they paid my parents' house off for Christmas. Favor, blessing. And in just a few minutes, I want to take you on a journey to explain this to you. My wife and I married in 1980. Isn't she pretty on the front row? 37 years I've been married to her and we moved to the Bronx, New York and we were told, you're crazy, you're going to starve to death, they're going to kill you you don't belong up there, you're in a town of 10,000 people and we got married and packed up a U-Haul and left Central Florida and headed to the South Bronx, 21 years old, 20 years old 
We're going to serve in the ministry up there. She worked as a bank teller making $137 a week. Our rent was almost $800 a month for a one-bedroom apartment with iron gates on every window, five locks on the front door. I mean, you figured out 137 times four doesn't pay an $800 a month rent plus electric, plus car, plus insurance. And yet God just kept supplying. And, and we were told you're going to starve. And we thought we were. And we know what it's like to buy a pizza and eat half a slice a day, warmed up, warmed up. I mean, by fourth day, this is getting rough. You know what I'm talking about? And, but I, I remember kneeling in my living room and I told God, God, if I eat ever pizza in this city, we're staying. We're not going anywhere. You called us here. We're going to reach the addicts and the homeless and alcoholics of this city. Two weeks after that prayer, a man called me and he said, can I come by your apartment? And I said, yeah. And he come by and I opened the door. This little short Puerto Rican dude, rough looking guy. He had two bags. He come walking in. He laid those bags on my kitchen table. He began to pull out T-bone steaks, New York strips, filet mignons, egg, bacon, milk, butter, orange juice. I'm like, that dude's a magician, man. I mean, he's just pulling out stuff. And I'm like, what in the world? He said, you don't know me, but my name's Freddie. He said, I used to be a pimp and a dope dealer and a drug addict. He said, Jesus saved me, pastor. And he said, I belong to the church that you come to serve at. And, and he said, I own a meat market down the street. And God told me you and your wife were hungry. And he told me to bring you this food. And every second Tuesday, my wife's a witness. Every second Tuesday for three and a half years, that man showed up at my apartment with prime rib. New York. I was giving away steaks to my neighbors because we only had a freezer about this big. I mean, God showed up. It's called the favor and blessing of God. That when you give God the first... You open the door, man, for supernatural things to happen in your life. We left New York to travel, evangelize on, uh, on the evangelistic field, and all we had was a little car. And, and New York, it had got beat to death. And we were praying about a motor home to just be able to live in as we traveled the nation. And we didn't have any money, man. We were broke. And, and all of a sudden, the guy calls us. We're looking at a motor home. And the guy calls us from South Florida, Richie Mayer, who was in New York. He was a retired police officer. Now he's living in South Florida. He called us. We didn't call him. And he said, Dan, I need to come up and see you. And him and his wife, Gloria, drove up. And he handed me a check for $10,000 and said, God told us to bring you this to put down on a motorhome. It's called favor. It's called blessing. We traveled the evangelistic field. And then we moved to Kentucky. And we're in a motorhome. We don't have anything, furniture or nothing. And we were evangelists, so we didn't have cash in the bank. Man, we're going, you know. And, and we found a house that we wanted, but it was $3,200 down and we didn't have it. And, and the realtor came to Kathy and I and said, the, the down payment's been taken care of. And, and 32 men in that church that we came to serve at gave $100 each and they paid for our down payment. We didn't have any furniture. And a guy from Hamilton, Ohio, Vern Baldwin called me and he said, Dan, I need you to come up to my store. I wanna, I wanna bless you with some furniture. And when you say bless and you own, I'm thinking sell. You know what I'm talking about? And I didn't go for like three months. And finally he called me and said, Dan, you need to come over here. And so it's an hour and a half drive. Kathy and I drive over and I said, Vern, living room only, living room only now. And don't go get no high dollar stuff, dude, okay? And, and he gets his interior decorator and tells her, I want you to go around and I want three bedrooms, dining room, hutch. I'm going, no, 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 no. Living room. <laughs> she goes to the whole store. She picks out the highest 
dollar, most expensive, solid cherry bedroom, solid cherry dining room and hutch, living room furniture. It all came to over $40,000. I'm like, hey, that's a vehicle, brother. You know what I'm talking about? Like a good vehicle, okay? In my day, that was almost the house. You got it? And I'm going, no, no. He said, you don't understand. I told you God told me to bless you. And he said, you get the whole thing for $1,200 and you can send me a dollar a month as long as you can. And they brought all that furniture and set it up in my house. I got to work a lot of hours to make $40,000. I would say that tenth was well invested. So we're, we leave Kentucky and we go to Cincinnati to Pioneer Church in the ghetto, the over the Rhine area of Cincinnati. We took an old theater, seat 800 people. It had been shut down for years. It had a hole in the roof as big as this platform right here. It stunk so bad, there was rats and they're bigger than cats and I'm not exaggerating. My wife will tell you, she walked in there and it stunk so bad the first day I'm in there and I'm like vision vision, vision. We're going to build a garden in the ghetto. We're going to reach this city. My wife walked in and she went, please tell me that God's not telling you to get this building. I said, yeah, I feel like this is it. We signed the lease on it. I didn't have a dollar to my name, but I had favor. And a roofing company called me, a roofers union called me, and the boss said, look, I've got 17 roofers apprentice in my class that needs on the job training hours before they can get their license and we want to know can we come over and put that roof a new roof on that building for you I said man I don't have money for the supplies he said that comes with the deal we supply everything and they come over bought the material and put the brand new roof on the building I had no equipment I needed sound stuff a church in Southern Kentucky called me and said, we hear you got that church going. We've got an electric baby grand piano sitting here, brand new, that's never been played. It's worth over $5,000. We can't give it away. We were told we had to sell it and you can have it for $1 if you'll come and pick it up. Let me pray about that. Okay, I'm on my way. A company from North Carolina called us and said, we heard about your ministry man in the inner city and we want to provide your sound system. And they brought people, flew people in, did all the specs, went home, put together a tens of thousands of dollar PA system, brought it back, installed it free of charge. Favor, blessing. Then we came to Pensacola. We were looking for a church. This church started in my living room with 17 of us. And we went, grew and location to location to location. And then we found the building on Fairfield Drive and we wanted to buy it so bad, but we didn't have the cash. All we had raised was $10,000. They wanted 180,000 for it. And it came down to the last day. And there were two people with cash ready to buy it. And I, I said, God, I don't have the money, but you told us this building's ours. And Pastor Joe Arminio at Whippany, New Jersey, on that morning called me and said, Dan, I don't know what's going on down there, but God woke me up early this morning and told me to call you that something's going on. What's going on? And I told him, he said, give me an hour. He met with his staff. They wired down $170,000 cash and bought that building for us. I'm taking you on my journey of one place wherever God has sent Kathy and I, we've experienced the divine favor and blessing of God. 
And we've watched him do it over and over. When Hurricane Ivan hit, it destroyed all three of our buildings on Fairfield Drive. If you were there, you know we had church in the parking lot. We had, all of them were destroyed. And we found out from the insurance company that the sanctuary was covered 50% and the other two buildings had no insurance at all. We're gonna have to just walk away and let them rot. And the insurance company met with me and they said, Pastor, here's what they said. They brought in their big shots and they said, because of the way you have talked to us. He said, you can't believe the way we've been talked to by churches down here we're trying to help. Because of the way you have talked to us, he said, our board of directors have met and we're going to cover all three of your buildings 100%. That's called favor, my friend. It's called favor. You know I love to deer hunt. That's not a need, but it's a want. How many's glad favor gives you your wants as much as your needs? And I get to go to Kentucky where people pay $3,000 to hunt three days. And there's hunters in here who say, that's true. I go hunt all I want because one of my best friends owns the land I hunt on. And we've been staying at an old hotel and hunting. And this year I got a call from a young business guy up there that I've known for years and and was a big friend of his father's who just passed away and went to heaven. And he called me before deer season this year. And he said, Pastor Dan, he said, I just want to call you. Let you know. He said, uh, I just bought, he's a multi-million. He said, I just bought a lake house over there. It's about 20 minutes from where you hunt. Said so I paid $600,000, things immaculate, on a lake, pontoon boat, everything. He said, rather than that hotel, when you come up here to Kentucky to hunt, I want you to stay in my lake house. Let me pray about that. Okay. But you know what? It's not only happened for Kathy and I, we've seen it go to our children because we've trained them to do the same thing. And all of my children give God the first. They've done it since they were little. That first job, they're 15, 16 years old. You that tithe, you give that to God. That belongs to God. You're going to be rich. You may not be wealthy, but you'll be rich with favor and blessing. I gave them what my father gave me, and they've tithed. And I've watched God. My daughter Natalie and her husband Phil, Natalie was pregnant with her, her child, Olivia, my granddaughter. And at the same time, both of them lost their jobs right when she's ready to give birth. Could not find work anywhere. Their mortgage was behind. Kathy and I paid it for a month. They didn't ask us to. We paid it. And then God convicted me and he said, don't you pay another bill of theirs because I want them to learn their own story. I've got this. They've invested. I'm going to take care of them, but you're in the way. And I met with Natalie and Phil and I said, I can't do that anymore. God said not to. And they said, dad, we didn't ask you to. God will take care of us. Do you know immediately Pell Grants started coming in the mail to my daughter? Thousands of dollars in Pell Grants started showing up in her mailbox enough that it paid for all of their bills for months and put her through college. And she got her degree. That's called favor. Cindy and and Anthony, the house they're in now, they wanted to buy it and, and it fell through and they couldn't get it. And they waited a year And that house never sold, but the owners went in and renovated the whole house. And they bought it a year later for less and totally renovated. It's called favor. My son Brad and Ashley with Jabin, as you know, my grandson's terminally ill. And I can't even begin to tell you the expense that comes with that. But we've watched God work so many miracles. 
of so supernatural plane tickets to get him to hospitals and hotel bills being paid for and total travel expense where people just give and give and it's just come in from unexpected means. You know the story of my son Tommy standing right back there. Those that don't know, he was in a motorcycle accident. He was given zero chance to live for 24 days. He was on life support. They told us to turn him off, but God said, no, he shall not die, but live, and he'll declare the works of the Lord. And on that 24th day, they pieced Tommy on the chest, and he reached up and grabbed their hand. They blew him away, and they said, okay, he'll be a vegetable if he does live. And three days later, he was out of ICU, and seven days later, he was eating mashed potatoes, and he never had a memory loss. And today, he's serving God, and he's healthy, and he's well. But his hospital bill was over a million dollars. The rascal canceled his health insurance three months before his accident without talking to me. I wanted to kill him if he didn't die. You know what I'm saying? His hospital bill was over a million dollars, but guess what? The hospital named him their their patient of the year, and they wrote his bill off. Not only that, Shepherd's Rehab in Atlanta, the number one rehab center for spinal and brain injuries, gave Tommy and our family a half a million dollar scholarship. And they took Kathy and Tommy to Atlanta. And for months we stayed there and they put housed us and they trained us and they gave him the best therapy that could be given to a human being, half a million dollars. What I'm trying to tell you today is I'm not a wealthy man, but I'm rich because I have the favor and the blessing of God on my life, on my family, on my children. And you don't have to have a lot. You just have to have obedience. And when you give God the first and you give him the fat, what belongs to him and out of what belongs to you, you have followed the blueprint of God's favor and God's blessing to be in and on your life in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you today for truth. I thank you today, God, that I'm preaching to a giving church today, God. We're, we're, we're not here, Lord, desperate for money. We're not preaching this because, God, we don't have fun. God, there's money in the bank. We've got bill, money to pay bills. We're here today, God, teaching this because I desire more than anything to see every person in this church enter into the favor and the blessing of God on their life and their family. And so I pray over every ear that hears and every heart that it would receive this truth today and begin to walk in it, Father, that God, they too can experience the supernatural blessing and favor of God in their life. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Keep your heads bowed, if you will. And maybe you're here and you'd like to join the few that prayed in the first service that said, Pastor Dan, I know you're talking about finances and blessing and favor today, but I realize today my first step is I just need to get right with Jesus. I just need to get right with God. I just need him to be the Lord of my life and I want to start my new journey with him today and I just want you to pray for me. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. I just want to pray a prayer for you today. If that's you and you say, I'm not where I need to be with God today, but I know I need to make that decision right now. Would you just lift that hand high so God can see it? It's not about me. God bless you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to come to you. Several hands going up. If you raised your hand or you did not, maybe you're online. You want to pray that prayer. Pray this prayer with me today. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you now 
You said in your word, if I would just come to you, confess with my mouth that you are Lord, believe in my heart that you raised from the dead, I can be saved. Right now, I come, I confess, I believe, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God a thank you for these that have prayed today. God bless you.